You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Oh yeah, we're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football, and you've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Casey here with Dave. We are the football dudes. Dave, are you ready, bro? Dude, I'm ready for this show. Yeah, you got that, right. my friend. On, baby. The next stop, the Trend Zone. It's Wednesday, November 15th. We're coming to you from Los Angeles, California. It's a cold and rainy 58 degrees. Burr. Woo. Rain. I know. Shocking. What we always say in L.A., well, we need it. We need the rain. Yeah. Yeah. We get the, <laughs> we get the elements, too. Yeah. Oh, in today's episode, we'll talk some bummer news that's giving the Browns the blues. The Bills find their fall guy. The Pro Bowl is no mo, and the Rams are moving again. Dave, oh, huge no. news! All of that, and we're gonna preview all of the games from the upcoming week. My pockets are empty, Dave, but I know you've got the tasty nug for the peoples. Yes, this is a good one. Hits home, unfortunately, on the negative side of the equation. But Casey, six teams last week: Arizona, Cleveland, Denver, Detroit, Houston, and Seattle converted the walk-off field goal to win the game. The most winning scores, game-winning scores, with no regulation time left in a single week in NFL history. And we talk about every week in this Nug section, it seems like how close the NFL is, and that's what makes it so great. And this is just more evidence of that. It continues to be a game of inches, a second or two, who's got the ball last, whatever you want to say. All of these six games come down to a walk-off field goal. Mind-blowing. Oh, and the Broncos got a little reprieve to get on Woo. that list. We'll get to the uh, fallout from that in a minute. But I did yeah. want to let the peoples know the Trend Zone is now available for subscription. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast. Dave, whew, got some big news. Yes, sir. Coming out of Cleveland. Party over here, y'all. Well, not actually a party. Deshaun. Again. Yeah. Yeah. And we were wondering what the deal was with this chronic shoulder was. He was in. He was out. He was cleared. He wasn't playing. And now we know it was something more serious that was underlying there. Deshaun Watson to go uh, undergo season-ending uh, sh- surgery on the shoulder there that's been bugging him. I guess it got worse. I don't know. Did he take a big hit there? And uh, they need immediate surgical repair to avoid further structural damage for his, quote, displaced fracture, which does not sound very nice at all. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing um, that that is a pretty significant shoulder injury and an ensuing surgery. So good luck to him getting better. Uh, I guess I don't want to say any karmic uh, nonsense or anything, but, you know, I hope he does all right in in the surgery. Yeah, and he asked the team if he could get some massage therapy for it. And they said, no, we're just going to go ahead and get the surgery. We'll leave that to another time. Surgery is on tap, bro. (laughs) Well said, sir. Well, we talked about this just a minute ago, how the Broncos made that list of getting the last second win, which it shouldn't have. But the fallout from that is in Buffalo. Yeah, tell you what, uh, the Bills announced firing of – Offensive coordinator Ken Dorsey uh, in his second season uh, after being the quarterback's coach for three seasons and then the day ball took off there. 
you know, Joe Brady gets the promotion. Um, and of course he was wildly successful in college, but not so much <laughs> when he was uh, with the Panthers there uh, and, and in that situation. So it'll be interesting to see what happens here. Casey, to me, this one, uh, a little bit of a bummer in the sense that this guy gets fired. He's offensive coordinator. The reason they lost this game and the, the fire comes, the firing comes directly after the situation is they had 12 men on the field for a field goal that yeah. the Broncos missed. And the 12 men gave another kick to the Broncos and they lose the game. Unless Ken Dorsey was on the field and he was the 12th man. <laughs> he might I don't see been. how this correlates at all. Yeah, I know. It's either on the defensive coach, the special teams coach, oh, or wait, the head the coach. Oh, wait, the defensive coach is the head coach, Casey. Oh, Somebody okay. else well, has got to go. That guy can't go. Right. You know who the real winner of this, though, is, Dave? Clipboards. <laughs> They're safe. <laughs> All right, Dave, any more news happening in the AFC East? Yeah, Jets cut Michael Carter. Um, this guy was a, seemed like an awesome two-to-the-one-two punch once they got Brees mm -hmm. Hall, but they get uh, – um, Cook, Cook in the Cook. mix there yeah. and suddenly Hi. Michael Carter's you know what uh, get out of here we, we've had enough of you uh, picked up by the Cardinals though so that didn't take long for uh, Michael Carter obviously he's shown that he can run yeah. uh, the rock in the NFL so um, makes sense that he would get another go around and maybe just with a, a new situation a fresh start uh, yeah. he can be uh, in you know in a good situation the Cardinals right now kind of on the uptick yeah, we'll get into them in a little bit. Maybe they just got sick of having two Michael Carters That's on the right. roster. It was, it was confusing. confusing. Michael like, Carter, get, get on the field. <laughs> Michael no! Carter, wrong one. Oops. <laughs> All right. And speaking of AFC East, what about these Dolphins? Have you haven't got enough of them? You're going to get more. <laughs> yeah, boy, I can't wait to get more Mike McDaniel um, <laughs> with the headset on and the and the cool glasses. You know what? It's hard knocks, Casey, in season with the Miami Dolphins. That will begin Tuesday, November 21st, uh, 9 p.m. on HBO, also known as Max. And um, it'll go on if they make the playoffs, which it seems likely at this point that they would. Uh, it would continue on uh, for additional episodes. So that would be kind of cool. I'm going to commit to watching this, Dave. I committed to last year's, and I never made it. But this year, I'm in, baby. You <laughs> I'm watch. I'm going down to, on this one. I'm going to see at least one episode. All right. And, Dave, um, it's been in flux. They've tried to do a bunch of stuff, but the NFL officially pulled the plug on the Pro Bowl. Yeah. And they've come up with a new, uh, new kind of deal to really officially replace it. It had gotten, obviously, to the point where it was, it was virtually unwatchable. So – Good news is they're making it into a couple of skills competitions, including the flag football Sunday game, uh, linemen participating in a skills related activity. Um, so it's going to be kind of cool. You know, they probably have some of those whatever quarterback challenges or something like that. Maybe some relay or obstacle courses. I'm just speculating at this point, but uh, it's good news. And the winner the, of the Pro Bowl side will get 88,000 bucks per player and the losing team, 44,000. So it's, it doesn't suck to be a loser, but um, it's better to win, I guess, double up. Yeah, I'll take that 44K. And maybe these yeah. guys are just practicing flag to get ready for flag football in the Olympics when it comes to Los Angeles. Ooh, what they need cool. to do, though, is make it like a battle of the network stars and have <laughs> them do all kinds of obstacles and running right. and bike rides and all that stuff. That would be pretty sweet. Exactly. And Dave... The Rams are moving again. 
Casey, there still are Los Angeles Rams, dude. Oh, because they're just moving their practice facility. They're going to be moving to Woodland Hills, which was recently acquired by Stan Kroenke in its entirety, I believe. <laughs> and so the new facility there will be plopped into that situation where Kroenke will be able to benefit from all the surrounding uh, things there. Bring, come in, see the Rams, and then spend money uh, and hand your money over to Kroenke. So uh, it does seem like Casey and as we speculated that it's going to be a pretty neat facility. Yeah. Kroenke doesn't go cheap, right? Mm -hmm. So expect this thing to be a top-notch facility. I don't know, maybe even rivaling the Cowboys facility. Nothing rivals the, the star day, nothing. <laughs> it's okay. the best thing in the history of the world. Well, maybe this will uh, shake up the Chargers organization who are building their new facility in El Segundo, which does look pretty incredible. So it will yeah. be interesting to see where these two new facilities fall on the spectrum of facilities. But those uh, type of things do attract players when oh, when there yeah. is something so incredibly cutting edge and state of the art that is part of what they get to do on a daily basis. That is an appealing component to a free agency situation. And dude, this is the future where everybody's going to eventually get here. Having this kick-ass standalone facility where you can come see the team practice. You can have lunch. There's going to be hotels. There's going to be a ton of stuff there. Yeah. And this is actually a nice little pocket in town, too. And just like everybody from the West Side, Dave, we all end up in the Valley. Right. <laughs> Eventually, right? Yeah. I'm hanging on out here, Casey. <laughs> Hold on for dear life, baby. You know what? <laughs> yeah. I came kicking and screaming, and I like it now. I can always park. So, yeah, it's got its it's got its advantages, but not that a cool marine layer. Ah, the that. West Side. Oh, Sometimes yeah. I go over the hill. Eh, no, <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> Maybe for like the first night of the draft. That's right. <laughs> One night in April, you'll be over on this side of town, and then other than that, if necessary, I yeah. can make the trek. <laughs> All right, Dave. It let's get into these games. You ready for this? It oh, is. Sweet. Yeah, it's week eleven. Week eleven. Week eleven. Casey, it's slipping away. It's slipping away, man. I can't believe we're this far into the season. Like sands through the hourglass, Dave. <laughs> oh my God! Jeez. Where does it go? I can't believe it, man. We're we wait so long for it to thing. start, and here we just fly through the thing. I know. Next week is Thanksgiving. We have the triple header on Thursday. Before we get there, let's hang with week 11. Uh, yeah. The Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and Saints all on by. But, Dave, we got mm, a tasty game on Thursday night. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are three-and-a-half-point favorites in this one. It's a rematch of week two that the Ravens won 27-24. Let me go ahead and talk about these Ravens. Uh, uh, I'm, 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 I'm going to be handling the Ravens for this one, Casey. So step back, listen to this uh, deluxe story on the Ravens. Seven and three, Baltimore on top of the AFC. North, Casey, second best record in the AFC. They were on a three-game uh, win streak before choking away last week's game to the Browns, 33-31. Seems like all the games they've lost, they've somehow choked away late after looking like they had him locked up last week though lamar totaled three uh totaled 264 yards uh so it wasn't like they they didn't get it done uh they just found a way to lose there in the week two meeting uh, uh he completed 72 percent, almost 73 percent of his passes and uh 237 yards and two touchdowns no picks and rushed for 54 yards in that game which they narrowly got 
uh, into the W cap column there. Uh, he leads all quarterbacks in the league with 481 rushing yards on the season. He can be the first QB ever with 500 plus rushing yards in each of his first uh, six seasons wow. of his career. So obviously he's going to hit that mark at this point in time, unless something tragic happened. His go-to guy, tight end Mark Andrews, had a touchdown in that week two meeting, and he leads all t uh, tight ends with six uh, receiving touchdowns on the season. Very productive anywhere on the field, but certainly in the red zone. Last week, Zay Flowers uh, led the team with five catches, 73 yards. Uh, he had 62 yards in that week two meeting, and Odell Beckham, has a, a touchdown catch in two straight games. So looking for a third straight for Odell. He's kind of finding his uh, his, his niche there. Coincidence, Dave, right after he was cut from the foul boys. <laughs> How does these things line up like this, Casey? <laughs> the Ravens offensively lead the NFL in rushing at um, almost 155 yards rushing per game. Gus Edwards, he rushed for a touchdown in four games in a row. So he's clicking. And he rushed for 62 yards in TD in that week two meeting. And Keaton Mitchell, we've been talking about him on the Extronomical Fantasy Show for the last couple weeks, exploding onto the scene for the last uh, two games. Uh, he's got more than 65 yards and a rush uh, touchdown in each of those last two games. So, and limited touches with that explosive, uh, those explosive numbers. Baltimore's defense number one with sacks with 39 on the season, 15 takeaways, but they're just plus one in the turnover ratio, ratio as we know, because they've sort of fumbled away uh, or. Uh, turned over the, some of those uh, situations, which end up losing those football games for him. They are third uh, in yards and fourth versus the pass defensively. So uh, a really strong defense there. And first in points given up at just under 16. So Baltimore defense playing very well. Roquan Smith, this is crazy, had 21 tackles in week 10. Holy those smoke. tackles by any player in a game this season. Man, at that pace, you explosive, crazy number of tackles. Yeah. Clowney. Um, six tackles and two sacks last week, too. So, um, you know, with the Bengals playing like they're playing, the Ravens are going to have to avoid those miscues that I was talking about yeah. if they want to get the sweep on on for this season series. And this is a huge one, obviously, divisionally. Oh, yeah, dude. And shockingly, at the moment, the Bengals are on the outside of the playoffs looking in. Yeah. But before last week, many were thinking, me included, that maybe these Bengals were the best team in the AFC, maybe the NFL. Yeah. And maybe they are. And, dude, really, if Tyler Boyd makes that catch late last week, since he wins that game and perception is way different. But in reality, they'd won four in a row, probably should have been five. So pretty brutal schedule down the stretch, though. Two versus the Steelers and games versus the Jags and Chiefs. But the plus side of that, seven of their eight games are versus AFC teams. Mm. Little good news, it looks like Trey Hendrickson will play in this one as he was able to practice this week. But they will be without their other defensive end, Sam Hubbard, and since he will also be without T. Higgins. So Ooh. if you need a streamer for fantasy, Trenton Irwin, he might be a little bit down on your list, but he is definitely an option worth looking at. Both of these teams coming off massively disappointing losses, like you said, a huge divisional game. It is going to be a good one. There's no question, oh, yeah. folks. You do not want to miss that one. They finally, not like all of them are bad, but this one for a Thursday nighter is fantastic. Okay, Casey, moving into the early slot of games on Sunday, we'll get things going with the big one for you, your Dallas Cowboys at the Carolina Panthers. The Cowboys on the road favored by 10 and a half. Nice number. Damn, some big ass spreads for these Cowboys. And Dallas looked great last week, but... 
it was against the Giants. Nonetheless, <laughs> Dak was outstanding, 404 yards, five touchdowns. Dude, and C.D. Lamb is on a freaking tear, became the first player in NFL history with 10-plus catches and 150-plus receiving yards in three straight games. Wow. But this would actually be a good game to try to get the run going, which is really the only thing still missing from this Dallas offense. Rico Dalvo, pretty good last week, 12 for 79. That's 6.6 per carry. Also had a touchdown. I would like to see Rico get more carries on early downs and earlier in the game. Yeah. Let him do some of that dirty work and then let TP be uh, the back to break it open later once you kind of punch that defensive line a little bit. So if Dallas plays mistake-free, the Panthers should not be in this game at all. Yeah. Carolina does hope to get Chuba and Miles Sanders going. Otherwise, it's going to be a long day for Bryce Young, as are the growing pains of a rookie QB. Um, Frank Reich is taking – over play calling on offense again a little worried i usually like that to come the game after you know what i mean like yeah. i don't want an infusion of life give him in there. a little spark right yeah so hopefully it does not yeah i mean if the cowboys uh can shut down that panther ground game and then they'll just be licking their chops man that's that the panthers have got to get something going moving the football on the ground let's hope not all right, Dave, up next is the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cleveland Browns. This is a rematch from Monday Night Football in Week 2 that the Steelers won 26-22. Obviously, the biggest news of the day, Deshaun Watson season-ending shoulder surgery. If you're playing along at home, Dave, the Browns have paid Watson just under $8 million per start. Woo! Not happy about this injury, but happy that this contract is blowing up in the organization's face. Yeah. Uh, well, I still we're still bitter about the guaranteed two hundred and thirty million dollars to that dude, but I digress. Let's talk the Steelers here, Casey. The six and three Steelers, who I basically bag on every week on this very show, <laughs> are coming off yet another win—a twenty-three to nineteen win over the Packers in a game they could have could have easily lost. But Pittsburgh has a winning record despite being negative twenty-six in the points differential. Pittsburgh also statistically, and again, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this is the bad part, and I'm coming Steeler fan to the good stuff later. They are one of the worst offenses and defenses in the league. On offense, they're 30th in yards and 26th in points at just over 17 a game, ranking 29th in passing and just 20th in rushing. The Steelers, right? And they've gotten the running game going lately, though. Last week, running back Najee Harris had 96 scrimmage yards in his third rushing touchdown of the season. Jalen Warren had a career-high 101 yards in his second TD of the season. So they're getting it going on the ground. The week before that, they were pretty good on the ground too. All right. On, on defense, they are 29th in yards, 27th versus the pass, tied for 24th versus the runs. But they do seem to do just enough to get things done. They're tied for 11th in points given up with just over 20 points a game. And they're tied for first in both takeaways with 18 and in the turnover ratio with plus 10. So there's the story. If they can run the ball and make timely pays on defense, they'll be in every game. And they always seem to pull out the wind in the close ones. So give yeah. credit to the to the Steelers, man. They do just enough to find a way to eke out a victory. Other teams can do the same thing except lose the football game. Yeah, I think the Steelers are uh, 6-0 and in one-score games this year. It's like the Tomlin effect, man, that guy. Credit. You got yeah. it. I mean, it's, it's, it's something, right? Yeah, 
And, you know, he he likes Kenny Pickett, so they're going to stick with him and see if he gets it going. The guy does have a knack for showing up in the biggest moments. So true. Um, and uh, Warren's going to get more carries there. But let me talk about these brownies. Obviously, we mentioned Deshaun and yeah. his um, $8 million per start. Um, and I'm not happy that he's hurt by any means. It's just this moronic contract, dude. Yeah. Nobody likes it. It's so stupid. And, yeah. um, you know, desperate is as desperate does. But um, they're going to go back to Dorian Thompson Robinson, which we like, a UCLA guy. Yeah, he, what is he, like $400,000 a game or something? Yeah, I'm no <laughs> math wizard, but I don't know if you're getting the ROI. I'm happy with, they're know. going back to DTR. That stokes me out, man. I'm, I'm going to be watching that game with, with hope, hoping that he plays well. Yeah, and hopefully he can get it going a little bit. He really struggled in his only start of the season against the Ravens. You just mentioned how great their defense was. 19 of 36, 121 yards, and three interceptions. Got to clean that up. Need to see him do a little bit with his legs, too. And the Browns need to be able to run to keep pressure uh, off of DTR, especially from TJ Watt, because that dude will wreck a game. And uh, shockingly, though, stopping the run has been a problem for the Steelers this year. But where Cleveland makes their money, dude, is defense. One of the best in the league. They lead the NFL in total defense, only 242 yards a game. Also lead in pass defense, 151 per game. They're going to need Miles Garrett, though, to be special in the in against the Steelers. But that hasn't been a problem, dude. He's tied for the league lead in sacks with 11. Right now, these Browns are the sixth seed. So wow. they're going to need Miles Garrett and that defense to keep being amazing, to keep these Brownies in the mix, especially with the uncertainty of what they're going to get out of the quarterback position moving forward. Yeah, they've they've managed to set themselves up pretty nicely with their record. Uh, but now, obviously, with the uncertainty at the quarterback position, who knows if that's going to be enough to give them that you know, ability to make it to the playoffs, and then what will they do when they get there? Yeah. Ooh. All right, Casey, moving along. It is the Chicago Bears at the Detroit Lions. And, wow, this one, has, it's like a role reversal from all of our the history of our childhoods watching <laughs> these two teams play, right? Nine-and-a-half-point yeah. favorites are the Lions at home. Yeah, and maybe that uh, line is going to come down a little bit because there's good news for Bear fan. Um, Justin Fields is expected to start this game. Oh, okay. Um, one thought is to not rush him back, but the Bears really need to know if they're using that Carolina pick on a quarterback in next year's draft or trading it for a shit ton of draft picks to build around Justin Fields. So I could see them going both ways. They're obviously going to push him into that. Um, it's weird because they have one more game and then a buy coming up, but um, there's people that make more money to make those decisions for me. The Bears have six of seven versus NFC teams on the back half of the season, including four divisional games. Not quite in hibernation, but close. Lions currently the two seed within striking distance of catching the Eagles for that one seed. They can't afford to mess around with these stupid Bears, get this win, and get ready for Green Bay on a short week. Yeah, that Lions team is, you can hear the roar, man. They are coming. I would uh, I would bet the Lions were going to take care of those Bears this weekend and not let a game like yeah. this get in their way of really putting putting pressure on to be the number one seed in the NFC. They're playing real good football. Oh, man, you know, Detroit deserves that. You know what I mean? To see yeah. 
there's a lot of football to be played, but how stoked would it be for them to get that bye? And yeah. how crazy would it be in Detroit? Yeah. Ooh, the way they beat the Chargers 41 to 38 last week, it was one of the most entertaining football games that you'll see ever. And yeah. I got to give them credit. That was a hell of a performance uh, from the Lions. It, yeah. and I just out, out did my Chargers. And Dan Campbell, man, he, you know, he told his family to wear diapers on fourth down because he is going for it. <laughs> that was that the play guy, that dude. won him the game, in my opinion. Yeah. If they, if they decided to kick that field goal with a minute and a half left or wherever it was, they were going to lose. He yeah. made the right call. He had uh, faith in his guys, and he put the hands, uh, put the ball in the hands of Goff, and they yeah. made the play. That's right. All right, Dave. Well, speaking of your Chargers, it is your yeah. Los Angeles Chargers at the Green Bay Packers, and the Chargers are three-point favorites on the road. Yep, and as I mentioned, Chargers dropped to four and five after losing that shootout to Detroit last week. It was an awesome football game. Unbelievably, the Chargers scored on their last five drives a touchdown. Wow! In the four, the last forty minutes of the game, there they scored a touchdown on every single possession, and yet they still lost. This is the first team in NFL history to do that. The defense just couldn't get the stop they they needed there late. But quarterback Justin Herbert was phenomenal. 323, four touchdowns. Austin Eckler, 115 scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's going for his fourth game in a row with seven-plus scrimmage yards and a touchdown. Keenan Allen continues to absolutely tear it up. Underappreciated in this league. Check the numbers, folks. I'm not kidding. 11 catches last week, 175 yards and two scores. Even Quinton Johnson and... Jalen Guyton, fresh back off of a year off with the ACL, each had a touchdown last week. Things were really clicking for that offense. The Bolts defense, though, has been the issue. Last in total yards versus the pass, 24th in points given up and uh, nearly 24 points a game. And the Chargers defense has actually been really good at getting after the passer with 31 sacks on the season. The defense has 15 takeaways. The Chargers are plus eight in the turnover ratio. All those would let you lead you believe that the Chargers would have above 500 record. Mm-hmm. Not the case. Uh, they just haven't been able to cash in on that. They, they've got a lot of those sacks against the crappy teams, and they can't get after the quarterback when they're a good team. Ah, here come the Pack. At three and six, the Pack have lost five of the last six, including last <laughs> week's loss to the Steelers. Despite that loss last week, though, Jordan Love had a career-high 289 through the air with two touchdowns. Aaron Jones had 54 and Dylan had 81 scrimmage yards. So they got things going there with also receivers, Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed had a TD catch as well. So a lot of positives there. Even Luke Musgrave had a career high with 64 yards. They will have to put that thing together on offense in order to keep up with the Chargers offense. Even as bad as the Chargers defense is, they're going to get some, some, sacks and turnovers there and and force some some three and outs so uh they, the chargers can't be much worse defensively but the packers have got to take advantage of it because the chargers offense is is absolutely uh, on fire right now yeah dude and you mentioned keenan allen i think i've read that he's got the most games with 11 plus catches in nfl history so he also has the most games with 14 catches and the most games with 18 catches sick he's not crazy yeah Man. All right. Up next, it is the Arizona Cardinals at the Houston Texans. Uh, the Cardinals surprisingly feisty lately, especially with their quarterback back. But the Texans really impressive this season at home. The Texans are favored by four. Yeah, you mentioned Kyler Murray. He's back and he looked pretty good in his season debut. And CJ Stroud has looked pretty good in his debut season. 
Kyler, John Connor, healthy. With those guys back in the lineup, Jonathan Gannon can get a better evaluation of his team moving forward. So I can see why you're playing those guys and letting that high draft pick just kind of fall away. Now these Texans, dude, all of a sudden, they're in the playoffs. They're currently the seventh seed. Wow. But if they win this week, next week they're hosting the Jags, who they've already beat once. That would be for first place in the AFC South. So all of a sudden, the the Texans could be in control of the South on a rookie quarterback. Who saw that coming? It's mind-blowing. Dude, the NFL has got twists and turns. Yeah. You just cannot predict this stuff. No, D'Amico Ryan's got that team playing awesomely. He's probably in there for a coach of the year consideration. So I'm lots to be stoked for down there in H-Town. A lot of football left to play, but true boy, what have they, what they have. Nobody had them playing for first place in week 12. Are you kidding? For maybe first draft pick. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay. All right, Dave. Up next, we have keep it in the South Tennessee Titans at those Jacksonville Jags and the Jags are six and a half point favorites at home. Yep. And Tennessee would seem to be a long shot at best to make the playoffs this season. Three and six record. The most important thing now may be to get a good look at what they have at quarterback with Will Levis there. Played great in his first game. Has sort of been hit and miss. Cooled off quite a bit since then. Uh, but they do have still got Derrick Henry there. They've got uh, Ty J Spears uh, to give him a legitimate run threat. Right, not to mention DeAndre Hopkins. So some of these guys though will be playing somewhere else next next yeah. year. Who's who on that list? We don't know at this point in time. Jacksonville was on a five-game winning streak before getting absolutely blown out last week, 34-3 to by the 49ers in a 49ers get-right game there. Man, I didn't see that coming, though. That mm-hmm. seemed like a great matchup. Uh, still, they're in first place in the AFC South, as you mentioned previously, uh, but the division lead is now just one game over Houston and one and a half over Indy. oh what the heck? Yeah, I know. So things are a lot tighter uh, in the division after last week's loss. Overall, Jacksonville's offense, though, has been above average in most stacks. Uh, the defense is 23rd uh, in yards, but they're not as good at defending the pass, ranking just 30th. So will that come into play in this matchup? Interesting. If Levis can get the passing game going, it could get interesting. But the Jags are going to be looking to get uh, that taste of last week's loss out of their mouths and get back into the winning column. Uh, this is going to be a, a fun game. I imagine the Jags get right here. Yeah, totally. All right, Dave, <clears throat> excuse me. Up next, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Miami Dolphins and those fish Ooh. for all intents and purposes are 12 point favorites at home. Big spread here, Casey. And uh, I, you seem to be a little shocked at this spread. I was not. I feel like the Dolphins are ready to go ahead and, and get, get swimming again here at six and three coming off their bye, right? Uh, but the prior week, they went to Frankfurt, Casey, looking to Van Ginkle, the Chiefs, but yes. they came up short and they look like the ones wearing the Litohosens as they lost that game to the Chiefs, right? Uh, Tua, though, you know, he, he could pass for 193 in that game, well beneath his average, which is over 300 yards a game. And he had just one TD, again, off the blistering pace that they've set this season. The Dolphins lead the NFL still in total offense at 435-plus yards a game and scoring at almost 32 points a game. Mostart had 85 yards and a touchdown in their last game. Of course, they're coming off the bye. He has 
uh, 11 touchdowns that leads the the league for running backs rushing, right? The Finns are looking to get back uh, Devon Achan in this one, who has 527 yards in just four games this season. So he's wow. averaging almost 132 yards a game rushing. He hasn't played since week five. So that would be a huge get if they get him back. Not good for my fantasy, though. I digress. Tyreek Hill leads the NFL in 1,076 yards and eight receiving TDs this year, along with Waddle and Cedric Wilson. There's plenty of weapons for Mike McDaniels to utilize here. The defense, though, a bit below average, and their worst category is points given up, where they're 26th in the league, giving up 25 points a game. They are good at getting after the quarterback with 29 sacks. Bradley Chubb has a sack in four straight games, looking to make that five this weekend. Raiders are going to have their hands full, Casey, slowing down this offense. And that rookie quarterback is probably going to be forced to pass to keep pace. That's when the Dolphins defense can get after it and get some more sacks, turnovers, blah, blah, blah. Dave, Vegas vibes are high, and so am I, baby. Maybe it's just the tasty nugs talking, but I am enjoying these new look Raiders. They have won two in a row and are undefeated with Antonio Pierce as the interim head coach looking to get rid of that interim and be the guy moving forward. You mentioned the rookie quarterback, AOC, Aiden O'Connell, 2-1 and as a starter. He's going to have a huge test this week, obviously, um, with those Dolphins. He hasn't been great, but he's kept them in games, and he hasn't made the catastrophic mistake. Had the pick against the Chargers back in the day, but he's gotten a little uh, more playing under his belt since then. Um, Another rookie, tight end Michael Mayer. He had his first TD last week, and he just straight mossed that defender in the end zone. That's why they went up and got this guy. Yeah, I'm pretty solid, and he's looking better every game, too. And Devontae Adams, he's looking pretty gruntled. A big yeah, day born, right? A few weeks ago, yeah, on Monday Night Football. So, like I said, the vibes are high there. But if this feel-good story is going to continue, it's going to be because of Josh Jacobs. Under Pierce, Jacobs is coming off his two best rushing games of the season. But last week, dude, it was how he took the game over late. And that's what this guy did last season, and leading the league in rushing. Um, last week, 27 for 116, 4.3 per carry. That's his best yards per carry um, of this season. Defense is just okay, but Max Crosby is a bad mofo, and he sets the tone for the entire team. Bad news for this Pirates tale, though. After <laughs> this road game, they play the Chiefs twice in their next four games. The good news? It's a complete logjam between 7 and 14. Lots still to be determined in that AFC playoff race. Yeah, Casey, and I want to get back to one thing you said about Jacobs. And it was the last year versus this year, McDaniels and the way he was being utilized. He said that when he uh, got to, into the game preparations for this game, he was t- asked which plays he liked. He was asked which ones he preferred. And guess what? Those were the ones they were calling. <laughs> hello sure enough you run his favorite six or seven or eight plays and those are the ones he's ready to kick butt on and sure enough he's reborn and now you've unleashed josh josh jacobs onto the league that that is their ticket to winning this football oh yeah dude i was talking to cause the other day i was like this guy might take the green bud packers to a fantasy playoff because they're finally using them why wouldn't you have done that early on like you know that i know that we're not getting paid millions of dollars to coach it's like Hello, set up your star players for success. Yeah. McDaniels was like, push the push the player into my system rather than mold the system to the player. You know? Yeah, I know. Big difference. Crazy. 
Yep. All right, Casey, moving along. It is the New York Giants at the Washington Commanders. Commanders, a nine and a half point favorites at home in a divisional battle. Dave, what is worse, to be disappointingly awful or to be awfully disappointing? <laughs> well, the G-Men are disappointingly awful and the Commandos are awfully disappointing. Okay. Even so, dude, these Commandos are just on the outskirts of being right in the mix. A couple more wins and they're in there destroying a bad Giants team. It's going to get them a little bit closer to that mix. Um, DeVito getting another start for the G-Men. I expect bad things for those guys unless Saquon goes off for a million yards. Probably going to be a Washington win. Yeah, I tell you what, the the way Howell's played, uh, you know, way better than a fifth rounder from last year that got so little experience and then they just gave him the job. It was like, what? Now we see what they were seeing, right? Yeah. The guy can sling it. Yeah. All right, moving along to the late slot, Casey. It's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the San Francisco 49ers. Niners at home are favored by an 11.5-point favorite. Wow. Yeah, dude, the Niners respond to their three straight losses by demolishing the Jags 34-3. to um, They got Debo back. They got Tro- Williams back last week, and it showed. It's a completely different team. Yeah. Two really good defenses, but Baker will have to be special to give the Bucs um, a chance to pull the upset on the road. I don't really see that happening. A lot will have to go wrong for the uh, the Niners to lose this game. No question. And the way, uh, like you said, Debo coming back is like, oh, I forgot how. Yeah, he's a huge impact. We're getting back him back on the field, and McCaffrey just seems to be consistent and yeah. Um, devastating. Yeah, they got it right against a really good Jags team on the road. They so. did. Yep. Might be bad news for the Bucks. All right, Dave. Up next, we have the New York football Jets at the Buffalo Bills. And the Bills are seven-point favorites in this one. A rematch of the season opener that Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into, and the Jets won in overtime 22-16. to 16. And I got to give it up for Jets fans. Jets fans, I'm, I feel your pain. I was a Jet fan last week. And I'll tell you, I gave it a try. And there's 16 to 12 loss to the Raiders. And it is not an easy task to be a Jet fan. Okay, they are, in fact, though, on the positive side, four and five. And Zach Wilson played pretty well last week, uh, gaining a season high 317 yards, including 54 rushing yards, right? Really getting it going there on the ground there with his legs. Garrett Wilson, 93 yards. Tyler Conklin, uh, seven catches, 70 yards. So there were some really bright spots in that football game. Dude, it was that Conklin defensing the last pass that was going right to Garrett Wilson. If he doesn't get up and get the arm, Garrett Wilson's catching that ball and coming down, and the Jets are winning that game. Yeah. Not to mention Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook running the ball well, a combined 134 scrimmage yards for those two dudes. Uh, It's the Jets' defense is very good, right? They rank third against the pass, but they're 31st versus the run, which is not very good. Bills are also a very big disappointment at 5-5 and right now, coming off that loss to the Broncos where they found a way to lose that football game. We already talked about it on Monday Night Football. The propensity for them to turn the ball over again and again in the same game where they're just like, man, they can't just get out of their own way. They're tied for second worst in the league with 18 giveaways. They have a negative three turnover differential. Jets, by the way, are plus one. Um, James Cook led the team with 120 scrimmage yards. Lat Murray rushing for a season high 68 yards and a touchdown. So many good things going here 
but too many mistakes lost in the game, exemplified by the 12 men on the field at the end. Both these teams would be out of the playoffs as they started to get to the day uh, today. Of course, we mentioned Dorsey's gone off of the, the Bills stat. I'm sure that's going to give them a spark offensively. I don't know. Did they really need a spark offensively? They just need to not turn the ball over, right? Needless to say, this is a huge game for both of these teams moving forward. Seems like you cannot lose another football game and still think you're in this AFC. When you are you mentioned the pack goes, whatever, 13 deep or something in the AFC yeah. with four-win teams or five-win teams. It's You can't afford to take a loss like this. Yeah, and you can't lose a game that you have won. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just like it's hard enough to win and giving those wins away. Yeah. We always talk about it at the end of a season where your team underachieved <sighs> and you didn't make the playoffs. You look back and you go, there you have it. Week two, week four, whatever it was, that game cost us the playoffs. And that's, that's what really Bills what might be saying. Yeah. About that's what Monday night felt like to me. I was like, oh, yeah. that was the one. We shall Could see. Still lots of football walk. to be played, but that was brutal. Needless to say. Yeah. All right, Dave, up next, we have the Seattle Seahawks at the Los Angeles Rams. Hawks are one-point favorites on the road. This is a rematch of a week one game won by the Rams, 30-13. to 13. An impressive victory in week one. The Seahawks, um, though, edged out the Commanders last week, 29-26, to 26, in a close one there, right? Uh, their record now 6-3. and three. Geno Smith, uh, a, a career high, uh, 369 passing yards in that one and two touchdowns. Kenneth Walker, 127 scrimming yards in a TD catch. Tyler Lockett, uh, 92 yards in a touchdown in that game. Metcalf had 98 yards. That's a, a season-high seven catches for Metcalf. Um, and he had a TD in that week one meeting as well. So the three and six Rams, other side of the equation, coming off their bye. They lost four of the last five and perhaps hit a season low in le- uh, the last game out with the 20-3 to loss to the Green Bay Packers, right? Uh, the Rams hope to get Stafford back. Is he? Is, it, is that an official? Yeah, I think he's supposed to play. I mean, we'll see as it gets closer to game time, but he is scheduled yeah. to. If that's the case, that will give them a huge lift. Uh, Cup had nine catches and 136 yards and two receiving, uh, receiving touchdowns in the last game for, with the, uh, against Seattle. But that wasn't the first one. That was last year because Cup missed the first one then. Uh, Puka Nakua had 10 catches, 119 in the week one game and Tutu Atwell also had uh, six catches, 119 in the week one meeting. So um, it could be a different game if these Rams Rams can put it together with Stafford back. Um, if they want to any chance to turn around the season, this is going to be a huge win for the Rams. Otherwise the Seahawks obviously trying to keep pace with the Niners. They cannot afford to drop this game against the Rams. Dude, and if Stafford can't go, it's Carson Wentz. This is like flashback to last year where they just brought in Baker Mayfield out of nowhere to right. be the guy. So I don't know if Wentz has that, that tie-up. Oh, was it the Raiders? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Still brings Dave joy, baby. Okay, the big show. <laughs> so yeah. good. All righty. Sunday night football, Casey, is the Minnesota Vikings and the Denver Broncos. Uh, the Broncos are at the Broncos are, are favored by two and a half in this. This is a pretty interesting favor, right? To me, Dave. Yeah, and this is a rematch of the Super Bowl that never was the 1998 Minnesota Vikings, 15 and one, one of the most prolific offenses ever. Were absolutely the best team in football. Gary Anderson missed his only field goal of the year. Mr. Perfect. Oh, 
made way for those Falcons and the Dirty Birds to get into the Super Bowl, and the Broncos ended up rolling them, dude. Those 98 Vikings may be the best team to never win a Super Bowl, but let's talk about these Vikings. And you cannot deny the energy infusion Josh Dobbs has put into this team. Last week, 23 of 34, that's almost 68%, 268 touchdown, zero interceptions, 101 passer rating, 44 rush yards, and a touchdown. His rushing has been off the charts, man. He's really extended plays and then made defenses pay the price when they can't make him throw because he's he's running that damn rock and he's doing a great job with it. So um, they're um, 2-0 with uh, Josh Dobbs as a quarterback. And the Vikes are currently on a five-game winning streak out of nowhere. You don't think about these guys doing that, but they are. And Justin Jefferson chomping at the bit to get back, Woo. which might be this week. He's getting mixed into practice, but at the latest, it would be after the week 13 bye, which does make a lot of sense. But since they're in the mix, if he can go, you get him out there. You don't want to risk hurting that hammy again because it's taken him so long to get back. But the run game still a work in progress. They really like Ty Chandler, and he will be given an opportunity to take over as RB1 for the Vikings a very aggressive and blitz-heavy Brian Flores defense. These Vikes have 27 sacks and 14 takeaways, obviously led by Danell Hunter. He leads the NFL with 14 TFLs and tied for first with 11 sacks. All but one of Minnesota's games have been within one score. So, Just like um, last year. They won them all last year. Yeah. They started off 0-3 this year, which is crazy to, to, considering where they are right now. Yeah, and the problem was they just kept turning the damn ball over. They seem to be cleaning that up, and they're back to winning these close games, and that's why they are currently the seventh seed. How did this happen? Texans, Vikings getting into the playoffs. And there's also another planet, Dave, or a bizarro world where the Vikings catch the Lions as they play them twice uh, in the last three weeks of the season. And luckily for the Vikings, they just brought in the pastronaut who knows how to fly a rocket ship. In theory, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but this is the NFL where we see the impossible happen every week. Yes, we do. All right. Well, that's speaking of the impossible, the Broncos were buried at one and five. They're now four and five on a three and three game win streak. Uh, including beating the Chiefs and the Bills in their last two games, and they had a bye mixed in there too. Very efficient Russell Wilson um, last week. 29 passes, 83% completion, two touchdowns, no picks. In his last three games, six TDs, no interceptions, a 115.8 uh, passer rating, all wins. Needless to say, Wilson is tied. This is the shocking part. Tied for third in the NFL with 18 touchdown passes this season and fourth with a 104 quarterback rating. Didn't see that coming really Mm -hmm. when they were kind of getting blown out in some of those earlier games this season, right? Javante Williams has been very effective running the football lately, led the team with a scrimmage high, uh, excuse me, a season high scrimmage yards of 110 and a touchdown last week. And the Broncos offense is 12th in running the football, but still just 28th in passing. So Russ is efficient, but they're not really, pushing it downfield necessarily the Broncos defense that was so bad earlier they're still ranked 31st uh, in total yards right they're last versus the run and in points 
So it's hard to dig out of the statistical hole that they dug themselves earlier in the season, but they have played much better uh, in this three-game win streak, giving up just 16 points per game in that time period and uh, just uh, nine in the uh, game versus the Chiefs. So you hold the Chiefs to no touchdowns, uh, that's playing some defense. Yeah, Dave, and I think this was Kiyoki's bet for the season. I think he went the, the under, under, which was, I think, six and a half. So he was feeling pretty good until a couple weeks ago. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, man. The house always wins. The house yeah, always wins. Yeah, he's going to be a Charger fan. We still play them twice, <laughs> the Charger fans. He's going to have to jump on board. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. All right, Dave, we got one more, baby. Monday yeah. night football is the Philadelphia <sighs> Eagles. At the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs are two and a half point favorites at home. And this is a rematch of Super Bowl 57. You might remember that game. The Eagles had a 10 point lead. Eagles at halftime. won? Oh, yeah. They're up by 10 at halftime. They're cruising. Oh, that was before Patrick Mahomes threw two fourth quarter touchdowns on his way to a second Super Bowl MVP and the Chiefs 38 35 win. Um, BT Dub Day. Both of these teams have the best record in their respective conferences i don't think the people needed a history lesson on last year's super bowl casey the nightmare oh, no. recap was unnecessary oh, it was beautiful it's beautiful <laughs> you are right though casey this is arguably the game of the weekend that thursday night one is a, is a real good one but this one this one looks really really tasty on monday night football it's gonna be good eagles coming off their bye they've won three straight last game beating your cowboys Bring their record to a league best eight and one. Sorry, your mic went out, Dave. I didn't hear that. Yeah. I just pick it up uh, from okay. here. I, I won't repeat it. The fans <laughs> heard it. The Eagles are first team since the 2005-2006 Colts to begin eight and one or better in consecutive seasons. So it's a pretty impressive uh, tear that they're on. They just don't have the Super Bowl uh, hardware to go with it, right? In the game, uh, QB Jalen Hurts um, – had three touchdown passes in their last game against the, the Cowboys. Three touchdown passes, no interceptions, a 130 passer rating. Uh, and in the Super Bowl versus Kansas City, Hertz had 374 yards, had four touchdowns, no picks. In the last regular season meeting, he, he passed for 387, two touchdowns. So he has been very effective against the Chiefs. However, this Chiefs defense, as you'll, I'm sure, mention, has been playing some good, good football. This season, though, A.J. Brown has 1,000 receiving yards already, his fourth career 1,000-yard season, but it's halfway through the season, right? Six catches, 96 yards, and a receiving t uh, touchdown in that Super Bowl loss to the Chiefs. Devontae Smith has had a touchdown game uh, in two straight games now, so he's really feeling good. And DeAndre Swift ranks seventh in the NFL, rushing at over 600 yards uh, this season, and the Eagles are ranked eighth in the league rushing the football Overall, the Philadelphia offense, sixth in yards, tied for third in points at 28. They're top 10 in both passing and rushing, obviously yeah. quite balanced there, and number one on third down at 50%. Of course, the brotherly love, as with the brotherly shove, rather, is virtually unstoppable when they just need a yard or two. Eagles defense, very good, too. 16th in yards, number one versus the run, but just 28th versus the pass. Uh-oh, that one might hurt this week, right? 25th on third down too. look out because Mahomes is a monster on third down and tied for 18 points, uh, 18th in points at 21.7 a game. Eagles defense uh, is fifth in the NFL sacking the quarterback. That would come in handy this week. Doesn't it seem like Mahomes? Oh, it's third and 13. Mahomes rushes for 14. 
Third and 17. Mahomes for 18. I mean, yeah, I wake up with sweats in the middle of the night. Mahomes just got another four. Oh, it's 18 yards this time. Yeah, it's crazy. He's got the knack for it. But these Chiefs are in the midst of doing that Chiefs thing we've seen the last few years where somehow they're struggling to yeah. the best record in the AFC. Right. You know what I mean? It doesn't look pretty, but they still win. Mahomes not having his best season. But he's got the knack for performing when the lights are the brightest. He's won 11 of his past 12 starts in prime time and is 6-0 in his last six starts on Monday Night Football. That being said, these Chiefs still need to find a number one receiver that isn't Travis Kelsey. All the other guys have flashed at time, but there hasn't been any consistency there. Yeah. They have to get that fixed for a deep playoff run. Or maybe they don't because it's the Chiefs. Nine different Chiefs have caught a touchdown, but other than Kelsey – only Jarek McKinnon has more than one. And after a long international week with his boo, hopefully Kelsey's ready to dominate the Eagles again. You know who else has been dominating? The Chiefs defense. You mentioned it, Dave. They're giving up under 16 points a game, under 300 yards a game, 31 sacks, 13 takeaways. Chris Jones is a beast. Absolutely. But the Chiefs stole... Drew Tranquil, go ahead and say it. Uh, former Chacha. That's right. They stole Tranquil from the Chargers, and he's having a monster season, dude. Yeah. Leads the team in tackles. George Karloftis, the Greek god of sacks, leads the team with six of those bad boys. And as a unit, 40 TFLs, 40 tackle for losses for these Chiefs. Spag has these boys balling. And I don't want to jinx him, but kicker Harrison Bucker. Perfect on the season, 22 of 22 on PATs and 18 for 18 on field goals. You jinxed him. Mm. I did that for you just in case, Dave. Thanks, I don't want Dave. the Eagles to win. Missed but field goal, field goal loses yeah. the game? Yeah. <laughs> oh, if man, I did that. I'm what a bad. game. And it's interesting. It's it's almost like the Chiefs' defense is really what's driving this, this Chiefs yeah. to having the best record in the AFC right now. The defense, which – was featuring tons of rookies and unheard of dudes last season that matured along the way, won a Super Bowl, and now Spags, like you said, they're running like a final machine. They are crushing it defensively. And, dude, each year we've seen them kind of adapt to stay relevant, to stay ahead of the pack, meaning the rest of the NFL. When they they lost to the Bucks in the Super Bowl, they revamped that offensive line. Yeah. You know, a season struggling. later, they get the best O-line. In, I mean, it's, come on. Yeah. And now they have one of the best, if not the best defenses. It's crazy. Chiefs Good being coach. Chiefs. Yeah. Got to give a lot of credit to the guy on top, the big red, right? Yeah. And he's coming after your nuggies. Yeah, <laughs> so many ways you can check out the football dudes the trends on what you're listening to right now available for subscription for free spotify apple Podcasts, google podcast and we're now on amazon music that's right subscribe to our youtube channel like us on instagram and facebook follow us on twitter his surname is known as x at football dudes la make sure to tag us across all those social media platforms and while you're out there surfing the webs go ahead and bookmark footballdudes.com we are going to take care of you people that is going to do it for this episode of the trend zone we're not the suits that talk football we're the dudes that know football for Dave I'm Casey Dave what are we we are out of here that's right enjoy the games